Thanks, everyone, for downloading the latest edition of the All Lions podcast, made possible thanks to SI.com and Fan Nation. Greatly appreciate everybody for tuning in, breaking down all things Detroit Lions, the recent draft, the schedule release, and rookie minicamp, which took place over the past couple of days over there at the Allen Park practice facility. I had a chance to go down there on Saturday earlier today and checked out for the first time because everybody wants to know what's the doc's opinion of Aiden Hutchinson, Joshua Pascal, the others that are out there had an opportunity also to take a look at some of the tryout players, some of the players that were undrafted free agents that were out there. So had an opportunity over the course of 90 minutes to check out everything that was going on. Now, of course, it's a walkthrough, positional drills. You basically got a firsthand look on the field of some of the players that that comprised the Detroit Lions rookie class. And I can't wait to kind of break it all down and to kind of summarize everything that's happened with the Detroit Lions this week on this week's edition of the All Lions podcast. And stay tuned. Later on, we do, in fact, have a special guest. One of the players that was drafted and selected by Brad Holmes and the Detroit Lions. Real interesting story, real interesting background that needs to be shared and highlighted. A player that has the potential if he works hard and really understands uh, defense, understands special teams, his role. James Houston, nicknamed The Problem, is going to be joining me later on. Had an opportunity after minicamp practice was over to spend a few minutes to to get a sense of what he's looking to accomplish, what type of things are the opponents potentially going to be facing if he does, in fact, make this team. And I enjoyed the conversation, nearly 10 minutes, just breaking it all down, getting an early sense of what he felt about his position coach in Kelvin Shepard, what he felt about Aaron Glenn, a one-sentence review of Dan Campbell, and obviously – when you are a player that ends up playing for Deion Sanders, you have to get his assessment of what it was like when he transitioned from Florida to Jackson State for the 2021 season. A player that you got to pay attention to could make a lot of noise for this Detroit Lions defense if all goes well throughout the, the rest of the offseason and training camp. A player that has a legitimate chance, even though he was drafted in the sixth round, has a legitimate chance in my mind to make this roster Because of the fact the Lions definitely have a need at linebacker, the Lions scouting department definitely took a long, hard look at the film. A player that finished his collegiate career at an HBCU definitely has a chance to make some noise. So stay tuned to the end of the podcast where we debut the interview that I conducted on Saturday with James Houston. So, all right, you guys want to know, what did I feel occur? What was my assessment of everything that went down? at Lions Rookie Minicamp. I thought it was great to have an opportunity at first to speak to Dan Campbell when he addressed the media for the first time since the draft. And you get a sense right away, which is good. Basically, what are the Detroit Lions trying to accomplish over the course of Rookie Minicamp? And Dan Campbell tends to be very honest and really direct. If he wants to punt on a question, then maybe he'll uh, go a little bit in the joking realm. And uh, that's what he did when I had asked him uh, point blank, was he in fact going to call plays in 2022? Still a very important question, an unanswered question 
that has yet to be determined. And I'll share just a little bit later what his answer was when I addressed that to him point blank. But Dan Campbell spoke to the media and gave us a real sense of what really the acclimation period is like for these rookies. And of course, the first thing you have to note is that Jamison Williams and uh, James Mitchell were not obviously out there participating fully. Now, they are in fact engaged. They are in the meeting rooms. They are out there on the field. But obviously, when two players are recovering from ACL situations, then obviously the team is going to take uh, definitely an abundance of precaution to make sure that Jamison Williams and James Mitchell, among others, will get back healthy and and will not do anything to further aggravate their injuries. So there was an opportunity for Dan Campbell to share what it is that these players, these rookies were going to accomplish over the weekend. And basically it's, Hey, let's get an introductory uh, base knowledge of the offense, defense, and special teams. Let's get a look at the fitness level of these rookies and tryout players based on a series of positional drills and, you know, uh, you know, organized activities that are going on out there on the field, seven on seven drills and things like that competitive type atmosphere and, and moments like that, that the, the coaching staff has installed over the past couple years, obviously wanted to see what's the level of competitiveness, what's going on out there, obviously not wearing pads. They're out there and we get a firsthand close-up look at everybody out there. So that's what Dan Campbell said was the goal was to just to see their fitness level, see everybody's mobility, see how quickly they can adapt to different things and to get a sense of their fitness level and to acclimate to what it's going to be like long days, meetings, installs, learning a bunch about what the Lions culture is going to be about. So that's obviously one of the points that he made. And I think the other point that was relatively important that people wanted to know about, and it was asked, I believe by ESPN was what did he feel about the draft in the off season and how things went along with thoughts on obviously Jamison Williams, Aiden Hutchinson and the like, but uh, Dan Campbell said, and, and, and again, it was not terribly much of a surprise to hear that the Detroit Lions in their scouting department and their review of what type of player they want to add to this organization, to this roster, what type of player they believe will have the most success. It boils down to grit, love of football, and Dan Campbell used a phrase that was definitely interesting in that they don't want players that end up being floaters meaning not players that when they hear their name called or sign a big contract or are given increased opportunities, they don't want players that are going to rest on their laurels and say, I have arrived. For most of the coaching staff, and you can tell definitely by what kind of attitude that Dan Campbell wants to install because of the player he was. He was a grinder. He had to do a lot just to see the field, overcome injury, and really outkick his coverage in order to last in the National Football League for as long as he did. He wants players that love the game of football, that want to be guys that just want to outlast each other in the weight room, want to compete, and want to be the first guy in and the last guy to leave. Basically, they want those that are passionate about the game of football. And even maybe at the expense of just a little bit of talent, they may even look at and rate the intangibles just a notch higher than talent from what I have surmised and gathered. Now, of course, if, if there's two players and 
the intangibles don't match up and the talent is not exactly there, then I think obviously that's not going to be a player that the Lions add. But if, if, if they're similar, similar in talent, and one player, a prospect or a free agent, demonstrates just a little bit more in, in the intangible realm, then I think that's the player that the Lions and the scouting department, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, that's the kind of player that will be eventually added to this roster. And so you get a sense, and he further confirmed, they don't want floaters. They don't want players that are going to come in and say, I have arrived and not willing and not be willing to complete the process of becoming the best football player that they can be. And you got a sense from Dan Campbell in regards to kind of, you know, the excitement level. He definitely shared it just like Aaron Glenn did regarding the prospect of coaching Aiden Hutchinson. And I think when you looked at it, in the pre-draft workout scene and everything going on, you knew that Aiden Hutchinson, based on what he brought to the table, his love of football, his motor, relentless energy, you felt and saw that potential that Dan Campbell would be uh, would gravitate toward a player like that in regards to a hometown guy, somebody that has the potential to do great things and come in and be the embodiment of the new culture that you're looking for. So you got a, you got a reaction from Dan Campbell regarding why that's important, why intangibles and grit, why that is important for, um, for this culture. And then the other aspect that was revealed that I found to be very interesting, which is always revealed around this time, mini camps and in the off season is would the Detroit lions in the preseason and training camp, would they be involved in any joint practices and it made sense when you saw the schedule in the preseason, starting with the Falcons, then the Colts, then the Steelers, that potentially joint practices with the Colts or the Steelers made sense just based on the geographic location. It ended up being the Lions in the second preseason game are going to have a couple of joint practices with the Colts. And I think that's fabulous ahead of their week two preseason game you know, ahead of that, the third game against the Steelers, you probably assume is going to be featuring a lot of rookies that are going to be fighting for that last couple roster spots. So the second game might be used by the Lions as their trial run, as they really get the roster acclimated and get things going in training camp and the preseason. So it's going to be the Lions and the Colts spending some time together. I think that's great. Frank Reich has his team always playing well at certain points in time, getting an up close and, and who doesn't want to get an up close and personal look at Jonathan Taylor in the preseason. I mean, my goodness, one of the emerging elite running backs in the entire game to see the Lions defense, you know, bang against them and to eventually play a preseason game, I think will be very rewarding. And it's, it's the first time uh, in a couple of years now, the Lions are going to have joint practices. I recall the enjoyment that I felt when the Patriots came to town um, when Matt Patricia was the former head coach and Bill Belichick walked in the room. I described it on the podcast in the past. I described it, you know, on our Twitter page at Detroit Podcast. It literally was like an aura was following Bill Belichick as he addressed Detroit reporters ahead of a, you know, joint practice and got an up close chance to look at Tom Brady as well and uh, had an interview opportunity with him as well a couple of years back. But since the COVID uh, pandemic, that kind of has been shelved. And last year, Dan Campbell was getting his system in place. And so there was no joint practices. But this year is going to be against the Colts. And it's been officially announced. 
And that's going to take place. And I think it's going to be very, very rewarding. Now, just to wrap up a couple things in regards to the schedule, Dan Campbell obviously was asked, hey, your squad, no primetime games. Majority of the games, one o'clock. And he, you know, spun it positively as he would tend to do. And he said, in essence, look, hey, I get to start preparing rather quickly on my next opponent. Boom, just that fast. Don't have to sit back and wait. And we can have really a schedule that can favor the Detroit Lions. And look, to spin it positively even more, it's not locked in stone, 1,000% throwaway lock and key, that the Lions are not going to be on primetime. And here's the only way it can happen. If Sunday Night Football later in the season decides, whoa, there's some interesting storylines here that might evolve with the Detroit Lions if there's a winning record and some interesting storylines develop over the course of the season, the Lions can be flexed into a national spotlighted game. Currently, I know many of you are offended. You're upset that the Lions weren't featured in any primetime games. The ultimate disrespect The only NFL team that does not play in primetime, three-win football team. I know it's a slap in the face. I know it's really an insult to many to have to have that indignancy, you know, to have that really levied upon the Lions. But there's a chance if the team plays around 500, gets to some wins, gets some excitement, if Jamison Williams comes in and just in in, in, in week six or seven, if that's his debut, if he comes in and just lights up the world, lights it up, and he's exciting, and he's regularly dropping 70-yard touchdowns, then the national spotlight will be highlighted, will be, um, will be looked at by the national media and the national television audience. That's what it's about. Early on, prior to the 2022 season, it's not all that sexy and appealing to have the Lions be on your schedule. So on Sunday night football or on Monday night football, I can see why that would be the case. I can see why that is something that a television producer is going to be like, well, outside of the rabid Detroit fan base, are there really that many Detroit Lions fans across the country? And so they, they initially looked at it and said, let's have this team earn their way to the national spotlight and let's see if it happens. But Dan Campbell said, look, there's still a small window for that to happen. So don't slam the door shut just yet. And the league spun it positively by saying that, look, 30 million people nearly will watch the Thanksgiving game as they wake up and have some cocktails. So that is true that the Thanksgiving day classic that the lions are featured in every year at the 1230 spot is a heavily watched game. But like we've said, in highlighting the the Lions schedule, thanks league schedulers, you put the Lions against the Bills, the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving with Josh Allen and that offense and their quick strike ability and a defense that can wreak havoc and that rabid fan base. Luckily, the game's at Ford Field, but my goodness, that's what you decide to give the Detroit Lions. Thank you not in regards to the schedule makers, but the lines bottom line have to earn it. And that's what Dan Campbell really wants to emphasize to his team. So, you know, beforehand, that's what we got to see on Saturday was uh, Dan Campbell really addressing the media. And then we got a chance to just stand and observe up close uh, rookie mini camp. And it was exciting. I, I, you know, being there when you're a media member is really a, a blessing and an opportunity to say, okay, there's only, uh, you know, 
a dozen people that have the privilege of just being able to go down there and watch rookie minicamp and have access to the players and really understand the inner workings of what's going on. So to be among that group, I definitely uh, don't take that lightly. So you watch, and obviously the first thing you look at is, all right, where's number 97? And so obviously you see him on the edge and you see him uh, working um, against the left tackle. That was my first vision. My first thought of walking out was um, I walked out just a little bit after rookie minicamp started, maybe five minutes as I filed my last story, uh, recapping what Dan Campbell had said, announcing some news. And I walked out there and the first thing you see is a great sight. It really is. Whether you're a fan of Aiden Hutchinson or whether you're not, and obviously you guys all know the story. I'm a Michigan State slappy, but Aiden Hutchinson has graduated from the Wolverines and now he's in doctrine to the Lions. So I get a pass from all you Spartans that are keep saying, what's with all this Aiden Hutchinson stories and recaps and all that? That's the reason. Okay. He's now a member of the Detroit Lions, which is something we're all following. And you all know the level of involvement that we want to have and support for the team that plays and Don's the Honolulu blue and silver. So you see him and you see, okay, you know, this is an imposing figure, six foot seven, 260 pounds athletic. And he's moving all over the place, moving fluidly. And you can see, okay, you know, the, the poor young uh, offensive lineman that's trying to make the team, he's got to match up with Aiden Hutchinson. So you get to see a couple of reps there and see some walkthroughs and see some of the moves and drills that he's going to be using to, to enhance his skills. So you get a chance to see some of the moves, some of the explosiveness, some of the, I liked having the opportunity at mini camp just to kind of having it be a quiet atmosphere. So you can hear the coaching staff kind of start to talk about how important it is to consistently be in the proper stance and explode in the same manner and to have consistency to see Todd Wash talk to and work with in positional drills, the likes of Joshua Pascal and Aiden Hutchinson to, to hear the level of detail was really amazing to see them work firsthand, give you a, a sense of excitement. Um, I, like I said, Jameson Williams was out there, but did not participate, obviously, in the positional drills, was learning, observing, and smiling ear to ear, as all of you want to pay attention to. He is happy. He was happy as he addressed the media after the fact. And uh, what you got to see, you got to see, you know, um, an opportunity for, for some wide outs to make some noise. You got to see the preliminary routes and things like that, that they were doing and some competition, obviously positional drills. The focus, obviously, for me was Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive line, and paying attention to the linebackers. I am fascinated with these linebackers because, obviously, honestly, before the season, it's a group that many people are looking at and questioning. Can this group get better? So I had a firsthand look at uh, James Houston and Malcolm Rodriguez and really up close and uh, intimate look at Kelvin Shepard talking to both of those young linebackers talking about, hey, if this is done, if this call is made, where do you got to be? And really doing the tests and um, getting a sense, the coaching staff of what these players knew and talking through a certain play. And you got a real good sense of like, okay, here's how the Lions are going to coach up their players. And it was really close to see uh, James Houston getting talked to about footwork, talking to about uh, the ability to move forward and burst and to recognize what the offense is doing based on certain calls and 
the interaction that Coach Shepard had um, invigorating and uh, motivating his players and talking through what he needed in terms of corrections. That's what it is. Look, guys, look, football players, and it's nice to see. I can share with you guys, okay? Everybody starts to assume, well, okay, a coach is player-friendly. What does that mean? Does that mean this is a country club? No, guys, it's not a country club. First-hand look, I was there on the field. This is what happens. If a player – now, they're not getting MF'd and, and they're not getting cussed out, but if uh, uh, Houston and Rodriguez, if they made a, a tactical error, it was, come on, at this level, we expect this. At no point do we expect that. And they're not talked to. They're not babied. Okay, but I think what what makes a professional athlete special and something I always talk about with people is in the realm of sports, it's about the bottom line. Nobody cares how they're nobody should care, in my opinion, how they're getting talked to. Listen. And and thankfully, one of the players afterwards said, I believe it was um, Joseph after the rookie minicamp. We got to talk to eight of the players. He came out and said, Look, don't worry about how the I don't worry about how the message is delivered. I worry about what the message is. And that's what invigorates me is that I don't want to hear players complaining about how a coach talks to them. That is the least of anybody's concern. I'm old school that way. Like I wouldn't even care if Calvin Shepard was MFing everybody. I, I don't think that that's, you know, when you know that Shepard, his job is to get the best out of the player. I would love that. I would say, look, coach, go harder at me. I mean, if I'm making a great step, tell me how I make the step greater. Don't tell me, don't, don't give me no fluff. I don't need that. I got enough. I'm a, I'm an individual that has enough of it. Tell me. And, and I surround myself with people that just tell me what I need to do better and what I can do or what I can't do. That's what I need. I already have enough to bring to the table. So I got, I got to see it firsthand uh, linebackers coach Shepard really getting after it and involving himself in that process. And it was great to see this coach. This coaching staff is not soft on these players. Get that through your heads. They are Todd Wash, not sensitive at all. You know, making a little dig at Joshua Pascal in the positional drills as he was getting down and um, trying to work the bag and work his technique. So that's what was going on. A player that caught my eye was obviously Khalil Pimpleton. Not the tallest of stature, but that makes me feel good because I'm not the tallest of stature either. But, man, can he fly around that field. He was able to catch the attention of the tryout quarterback that is out there on the field, Connor Sampson. And I think that it was great to see him fly around the field because that could be your next special teams superstar or next um, next opportunity to see somebody that could excel on special teams could be Khalil Pimpleton. Everybody noticed him. He was getting targeted. He was flying around and he was showing the burst, the acceleration, the great speed that he could potentially bring to the table. So that's what I paid attention to the linebackers and the defensive linemen and not too much else. Maybe we'll look at the offense in uh, later portions of OTAs that we are able to have access to. And then the blessing was the opportunity to, um, talk to Aiden Hutchinson briefly before I did a podcast interview and to get a sense of some of these athletes as they walked off, had an opportunity to talk to all of the Detroit lions rookies in some capacity, whether it be a media scrum or the blessing and the opportunity that I had. Finally, I think it's my first one. We'll give James the problem Houston, the credit. I believe I have talked to several lines players one-on-one for articles, um, getting a little bit of insight. I'll never forget Trey flowers. Um, when there was a lot of heat going down on Matt Patricia 
I walked over to him in the Lions locker room when we had access. And I said, hey, you know, obviously Matt Patricia is getting a lot of heat. What's good about him? And he said, you know, I don't, I'm not a player that worries about the message to tie into my previous point. He's like, you know, obviously he knows how to win and he's, he stuck up for his coach. But I've never, obviously being a podcaster, I have not had an opportunity to interview a Detroit Lions player one-on-one. And I said last year I was going to do it more, but the pandemic made it difficult. And quite frankly, my schedule is really tight. So negotiating that window of like setting up a time and then maybe rescheduling that time, it's hard for me to be flexible. But now in the current form with knowing things and being further along, I got to potentially, you know, work with the Lions and said, hey, I want to interview James Houston. That's the guy. When you nickname yourself the problem and you show what you did on film and you're constantly in the backfield wreaking havoc on quarterbacks, putting up great numbers at Jackson State, I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to see what it's like. Uh, I wanted to have an up-close interview. So it finally happened. It was going to potentially happen earlier, but I worked the system. I, I did it by protocol. And it was relayed to me that the opportunity would come uh, Saturday after the mini camp. And it was an awesome experience. You'll hear it. Got to spend about 10 minutes. And I did. I think I timed it perfectly so that he could complete the interview with me and then get rolling before the media, uh, the rest of the Detroit media had an opportunity to ask the same similar questions that I had asked about what it's like, early thoughts on coaches, things like that. I hit on everything that prepped him ready get to get him ready for his first media scrum interview after minicamp. The conversation, you're going to love it. I think you get the sense. I like it. I like to hear that, hey, I should have been a first-round pick. I should have been this. I don't think I'm worth a six-round pick. I think I'm worth more. I think all of you are going to like and enjoy his energy. A player that I think understands what the Lions are looking for. You got to produce. You understand in six-round, that means that early on, you got to handle your business and special teams. But a player that James Houston was used on uh, as an off-the-ball linebacker, and can play different positions as well. Most likely you're going to see early on him uh, tested out at uh, the off the ball linebacker spot to see what he can do, because obviously he can be used also as an edge linebacker and edge positions as well to handle different situations, different schematic fronts that they want to do. I think he has the opportunity, but his job mainly early on in his career is going to be special teams and really working hard to learn the defensive scheme to kind of fight to earn some reps. And I think he has a strong opportunity, got the will, got the background. I think a story that you guys are going to pay attention to. And I think that, you know, give him credit for taking the interview, first of all, to say, okay, who is this guy that's messaging me randomly after the draft? Who's John McAroon? And, you know, he's the first to respond to a text from me, first lions. And it's the first of many now doing this. I'm way more comfortable. I don't have to hide what I'm doing anymore. I'm very successful. I'm having a good time. And the all lions platform has provided a wonderful opportunity to expand my skill set, to keep doing podcasts. And again, the guys, the best part of my job is sitting in the in the media locker room, uh, the media room, uh, locker room, and every day one one new person's like, "Yeah, got to start a podcast." And I'm like, "Yeah, do more of them, absolutely." And I got I, I, it just warms my heart because that's where I came from. That was my background, and to see more people doing them, to see where that where that medium, the podcast medium, is going, where Aiden Hutchinson's doing one as a deep dive into his background. To see James Houston be willing to share his story with a microphone in his face, answering my questions openly, honestly, 
it just, it, it gets me excited. I want to do more. And, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask, I'm going to pester. If they say this, I'm going to say, Hey, I want more. I want to interview this guy. And I'm always going to ask. That's what I am dedicated to doing at all lines, all lines, good, bad, and different critiques, analysis, and everything related to the Detroit Lions. And doing podcasts is the, the thing that I love most and the thing that brought me to the dance. So for James Houston, I thank you greatly. You will forever be known and forever be in my heart as the first person, the first one-on-one podcast I did for the All Lions site. And it means the world to me because of all the things I did to earn that spot, to grow multiple podcasts to where it's at, to see each and every entity in the media in Detroit doing one when we were one of maybe four that was doing them back in 2013 and doing them regularly. So it's it's a great opportunity. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, it, it was fun for me to record. This is my first interview, uh, my first exclusive podcast interview with a Lions player, and it is rookie James the Problem Houston. Back here, all Lions podcast with James the Problem Houston, Detroit Lions rookie, coming off the field after Saturday practice here at minicamp. Thank you, James, so much for your time and uh, letting us in a little bit today about what happened here this weekend at minicamp. Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm in Detroit. You know, uh, it's just a blessing. Had an opportunity earlier today to catch a video of you having a conversation, deep conversation with your former head coach in college at Jackson State and Deion Sanders, really talking about your position, what you can do for the team. I'm just wondering, people want to know when you were there playing in college for Deion Sanders, what was that like? What was his role for you, and how did well, how was he able to kind of take your game to a level that got you to the NFL? Um, I mean, just playing for Coach Dion, um, it was an amazing experience. Um, having a Hall of Famer, arguably one of the best players to ever touch the NFL field. Um, having him, you know, having eyes on you all day, every day, um, and coaching you up. It was just a one-in-a-lifetime experience, um, and uh, it was just great. It was great all around, socially, on the field. And uh, mentally and spiritually, uh, he always attacks every single aspect of your life and makes sure that you, you're getting the right, you know, uh, things that you need it to, in your life every day. So um, every day was just getting better constantly, whether it was mentally or physically, like you was going to get better. So um, it was, yeah, it was a one in a lifetime experience. Now, since you've been drafted, have you had a chance to have a word with him? Oh, yeah. Uh, after he called me when I got drafted, uh, he shed some words with me. And, um, yeah, it was great. Uh, he just told me kind of keep going. Uh, you know who you are. Uh, go out there and be a dog. So, yeah. Now you're here in Detroit after being drafted. I'm just wondering, when the time comes, you get that phone call. What goes through your mind as you finally realize your dream has been realized? A team has said, okay, we want you to join our organization, and they select you. What was that moment like when you get the phone call from Detroit and get drafted in the NFL? Right. So, um, I mean, it's a moment that you always dreamed of uh, since you was a little kid. And uh, you always think, you know, you may be you going first or second round because that's really that's the that's what every little kid watches. Every, every little kid don't really watch that that third day, you know. So um, it was just an amazing opportunity. I'm so glad that Detroit picked me. Uh, obviously, I felt like I should have went higher, but everybody feels like that. So. It was just, it was amazing. I was just so grateful that, you know, they picked me and uh, a team actually wanted me to come here. And so um, I'm just going to give him my all and I'm going to show him, you know, I'm not no six round pick. You know, I'm a first round pick. So 
We've had a chance to see a couple photos from minicamp first couple days here at Rookie Minicamp. We've seen you play a little bit off ball, See, you, and you've told us when you were drafted that you can play really any position on defense, and I think you really want to show that you can be versatile, play off ball, Sam, Will, Mike, here in the defense. What has been the early message that you've received from the coaching staff regarding how they want to best use you for this defense in Aaron Glenn's NFL defense? Yeah, so I've been playing Sam and Mike, so it's, uh, outside and uh, off the ball linebacker. Um, they really just trying to figure it out, and uh, they've been putting me all over the field. But uh, my main priority going into camp is going to be special teams because special teams are going to be where you make the team. So uh, get on all four, all four phases of special teams and then, you know, just wait for my opportunity or go take my opportunity, you know, uh, in camp. And so, uh, really, I can play wherever you want me to play. If it's somebody down, if, if somebody not doing what they got to do, I'm going to step in and I'm going to fill that role. Early goals that you made for yourself in rookie minicamp, obviously it's getting under, an understanding of the scheme, the coaching staff, the other teammates. But for you personally, when you walk through the doors here at Allen Park, what did you want to show to this coaching staff over this weekend, your first NFL rookie minicamp? Well, I'm an HBCU guy, so, you know, we all got that chip on our shoulder. So, uh, just like I said, I was a six-round pick. That don't, that don't guarantee you no spot on the field or no spot on the team. So, um, really, I just want to show them, you know, they should have got me higher. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and so, uh, I'm just showing them, like, I I'm the best player out here. I could do everything you want me to do on the defensive side of the ball. And, um, yeah, if you need me, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm right here. When we had a chance to watch practice on Saturday, going through the motions with Coach Shepard, he had an opportunity to kind of talk to you about fundamentals, footwork, recognizing what's going on with the offense. What's it been like early impressions of Coach Shepard and what he can do for you uh, your early time now here with the Lions? Coach Shepard is an amazing coach, man. Uh, former player, uh, he was a baller, man, and he just he's got a, a great personality, a big personality. He fills the whole room up, and so uh, it's great to have a coach like that because you know you you, you can sit back and watch because he's been there, he's been in the same seat you've been in. So um, I'm just trying to take in all the knowledge that he's going to be able to give me, and uh, yeah, it's just it's amazing opportunity. Um, all the former players that they have on this staff, um, I just I'm I'm just soaking it all in. Absolutely, soaking it all in, NFL experience. How would you rate the first couple of days of rookie minicamp and what you've been going through? How has it been for you? Did it meet expectations? Oh, most definitely. Um, for myself personally, I would say 9 out of 10 because you can always get better, but I've been doing pretty good out here. Just got to clean up a couple things. Um, I think I'll be ready by camp to really just be able to compete for a starting role. And so, um, but first, that, that comes with special teams and everything else. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm loving my experience out here. Yeah, give us a scouting report. Many are going to be paying attention to this defense. Second year with Aaron Glenn, really wanted to make a stand, really wanting to pressure the quarterback more, do a lot more than what was achieved in 2021. Give us a scouting report. What does James Houston bring to this defense, and what, what can we expect your first 12 months in the league? So I'm a dynamic player. Um, I'm, I'm going to come to the I'm, – I'm going to be in the backfield. That's just kind of my thing. I'm going to be making turnovers and just making uh, – Game changing plays. That's that's what my whole game is about, and uh, I know that's why they brought me in to you know turn the ball over and, and get the ball back to the offense. So I'm just coming in and just just want to do what I do best, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, that that's me. Yeah, absolutely. I think the opportunity to play off ball, play different positions on the linebacker, really will meet your strengths. Talk about the importance of getting to the quarterback, man. It's very important in a defense. Everybody wants that to, to happen, and the goals are obviously get get in the backfield, like you said, cause problems. Why is James Houston the problem? There you go right there, because he's getting in the backfield and he making turnovers, strip sack, picks, whatever you need. You know what I'm saying? Tackle for losses, just plays on third down or fourth down that you that you need to, to get the offense to back the ball. So um, that's that's my whole thing, just making game-changing plays, plays that affect the outcome of the game. And so um, that's my thing. 
Yeah, now the NFL schedule recently came out. Do players peek into that to see, okay, when's the bye week, which opponents that maybe you've always dreamed about playing? What was your level of involvement on the day the schedule came out? Because a lot of people are paying attention to the fact, okay, the Lions are not on prime time and the thing's a lot of 1 o'clock games, but what was your involvement with the schedule and what did you look at and any games that you saw and said, okay, I'm really excited to get after it? Yeah, so I didn't really get a chance to look at the schedule on Thursday. They kept us here so long, and we were so tired. We had a full day. So um, I looked at the schedule a little bit yesterday, um, but I didn't really dwell into it too much. Um, I'm really focused on my role here on the team right now. Uh, when I know my role is secured here, then I can go out and look for my opponents and, and things like that. Final thing with James Houston, the problem, Detroit Lions rookie here at Rookie Minicamp. Everybody wants to know about Aaron Glenn and his defense. What's he like in the room? Very passionate. We had a chance to observe a conversation he had with a draft prospect, talking about really the foundation that's being built here, the culture. The fact is that a lot of people have buy-in with the head coach, the entire coaching staff, the roster. What's it like talking to him and really getting a sense of what this culture is about? Aaron Glenn's being talked about as a potential future head coach, and people seem to gravitate towards him. What makes him the quality leader that he has emerged to be? Uh, he's just got determination and passion, man. Um, that's kind of what you need in a coach because he's gonna give it. He's gonna give you his all, you know. Like, and he's gonna expect everything out of you that he's giving to you. So, it's just it's been a blessing to have coaches like this. Like I said, all of them played in the league for eight, ten plus years, and it's it's a special experience. And uh, I'm just so glad that I'm a Detroit Lion because I don't know that there's too many programs like this. Uh, the head coach all the way down. Like, everybody is, they're all in line. And uh, everybody kind of has the same values. And so it's just great. It's great. I, I love it. Get you out of here on this one sentence to describe head coach Dan Campbell. Obviously a big personality, big figure around town. Everybody wants to know a little bit about him. One sentence to describe your new head coach. When I first saw him, I was like, dang, he big. <laughs> he was huge, but um, nah, he a great guy, man. He, he just, he, he knows his way around the football field. He knows his ways around his employees and his athletes. And so um, it's just, it's, it's great. He's, he's a great head coach and uh, he's got all his coaches in line and all his coaches got his players in line. And so that's what you want in a, a football program. A draft class that many are going to be following, the 2022 draft class headlined by James The Problem Houston, six-rounder, really wanting to prove his worth here with the Lions. Thank you so much for your time. We're going to be looking for big things from this defense. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man. Y'all look forward to seeing me on the field out there.